What's up, folks? Merry Christmas Eve. We're recording on Happy Christmas Eve Eve. Um, uh, we are hitting the high notes, doing an instant reaction pod. I was not going to podcast this week. I mean, with work and uh, holidays being busy, it just wasn't t- the time. But uh, you know what? Things change, and you got to roll with the punches. Uh, we have some trade and uh, actually a whole, not a whole roster, but a few roster changes that we need to talk about. So, I, of course, I invited Jared Barker. Jared Barker, what's up, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, I, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to answer that. I don't know how to react right now. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, but we are, um, uh, inviting, um, uh, Keegs on here. Keegs, um, uh, did a podcast, um, uh, called jazz after dark with, uh, Jared and I, and now he's, uh, going to be a guest here on hitting the high notes. What's up, Keegs? What's up guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, man. Glad to have you. Uh, yeah. Thanks. So we, we have to, we have to talk because, um, uh, apparently, so I, I I worked all day today. I didn't get to watch the Jazz game. I have it on right now. Um, apparently, just like minutes before um, uh, the Jazz game started, uh, it was announced the Jazz traded Dante Exum and two future uh, second-round picks to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in return for Mr. Jordan Clarkson. Um, yeah, I, 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 I hope they were our second-rounders and not that Golden State second-rounder. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, well, I guess it depends. Yeah, it depends because I don't remember what year that Golden State second rounder is ours. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, well, boy, I, I'm still like just like I literally um, uh, found out this um, information at like 1030 uh, Mountain uh, Mountain um, Standard Time or uh, my brother is in town and I said something is like, oh, yeah, we got Jordan Clarkson. I'm like we did. And he's like, yeah, we tried to doubt to Exum, and I, and I just, I was frantically on Twitter, just like, what is going on? Trying to figure out what's going, like, what is going on? And you guys may know better, like, so give, give me a timeline of what happened today uh, with this news. So initially, the Exum trade happens, and then, like, there's nothing for, until after the game. And then Tony, or, no, it was, it might have been Woj. Uh, let's see, what did, what did... Tony and Shams, they they might have broke the signing of the uh, Jalen. Oh shoot! What, what, wait, what's what was the Tucker? Jalen Tucker? Yeah, Jalen Tucker. Yeah. And then, but but Woj just right before that had he broke the details of the like the Exum trade or whatever. Oh man, it was it was wild. It was really wild. Like <laughs> it was just I don't know. It all happened so fast. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm testing a couple of uh, you know friends that are obviously jazz fans of mine, and just going like, guys, I'm I'm just finding this out. What's going on? And uh, my buddy who he worked for a, a news station in the area, works for a sports station, and was like, I'm just I'm surprised about how uh, quickly it all happened. So this is like something that uh, jazz fans have been clamoring for some sort of roster move, um, because of uh, the jazz bench has uh, looked pretty deplorable this season. Um, yeah. So they've been looking for and something. Hey, hey, good news, man. Your large adult son, Brantley, is uh, – Tony had a tweet 
where he specifically said the two reasons the Jazz wanted to make the Jeff Green oh yeah the Jeff Green waving that's who that's what Tony said the specific reasons that was done was to give George Niang and Brantley more time yeah I mean and we're gonna get to that in a, in a minute too because Go, I mean gotcha. this is just a this I know, is just a just, you know crazy news right now and um, so the Jazz uh, made a quick trade which is, is kind of kind of funny because it seemed like the Jazz. Jazz fans, at least, have been wanting a trade for at least a month now, uh, trying to figure out who to trade. Uh, Dante's excellent names have been has been thrown together a lot, and uh, the Jazz in Cleveland has been uh, linked together a lot. And uh, my boy, I know some people would love a trade with the Cavaliers. This is not quite the trade they thought was going to happen. <laughs> but, love, yeah. Some some people, you mean specifically, at least one or two people. Well, <laughs> just, I mean, shout out to McCoy. You're the best, McCoy. We love you. <laughs> she doesn't listen. She doesn't care. No, <laughs> but, she, she does listen on occasion. She's pretty cool like that. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. So I mean, the Jazz have been trade partners with the Cavaliers now three years in a row. I think right is that you know first two years ago was the Jay Crowder trade. This last year was uh, the Kyle Korver trade, and now the Jordan Clarkson trade. Um, so apparently, uh, you know. Dennis Lindsay has a has the Cavaliers on speed dial for for whatever they need to. I think I think the Cavaliers own like five second rounders from the from the Jazz or something. It's crazy. Uh, something like that. I mean, I think two of them might be from other teams, but yeah, they got like four of them from us. <laughs> uh, Kings, what are your thoughts here? I mean, I, I know that Jared's a, an XM Islander, and we'll. Talk about the island here in a minute, but um, I'm not quite sure what your thoughts have been about uh, Exum throughout the years. So, well, as far as Exum goes, I've always loved the dude. Like, you're not gonna find like a better person when it comes to like like his interviews and stuff. I've loved the dude pretty much from day one. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm like well, I've definitely never been on Exum Island. Like, I've respected the dude. I've respected his game, but. It's been hard to watch, especially with the re-signing and that big contract that we gave him to not get any production, if very little production out of him. Um, so that was a little bit hard. I was definitely on the train that I wanted to get him traded and hopefully get something out of him. Uh, this was surprising. I didn't expect it to happen, if I'm honest, but um, I'm excited to see what Clarkson can do. The, the guy's averaging 14.6 off the bench this year and has done pretty consistently that his whole career. So I think it'll be good to have somebody like, like Clarkson coming off the bench. Uh, yeah, to me, um, when Clarkson has always been, when he played for the Lakers, he was a guy I was like, wow, this guy uh, as a second round pick. I mean, this guy has a chance to be really good. Uh, I thought the Lakers got a real steal with him, especially his first couple years in LA. Um, I think the Lakers fans were like, they they were very hesitant to include Jordan Clarkson in any trade deals at that time. If you can remember that far back, I feel like Jordan Clarkson, uh, there are certain guys like, so I always like say Al Jefferson, Al Jefferson is a guy that people loved when he got on your team. But as soon as he gets on your team, you start to realize what glaring holes he has in his game, you know? Um, the other few guys like that, Al Jefferson, uh, Ricky Rubio, certain guys that like, Oh, until you actually get to see them 82 games, you don't realize what real deficiencies they have. Cause all you, all you really see are the positive stuff, the 15 points per game off the bench type stuff, you know? Um, and Clarkson, yeah, the, the defensive what? deficiencies are a problem. Um, 
the uh, the holding the ball a lot, you know, being a ball stopper is a problem. But I've heard he's improved that this year from the people I talked to that watch Cleveland, which they're not a lot of them, but there are some of them. <laughs> um, uh, they've said he's he's been better at passing a little bit. But, I mean, and, and that's post the – did you guys all see that Kevin Love, uh, like six seconds in the key, throwing his arms up, calling for the ball when – Clarkson and uh, Sexton wouldn't throw it to him or whatever. <laughs> or was it Garland? It might have been Garland and Sexton. I don't remember if Clarkson was. So the, the scouting report that I got from uh, Jared here about Jordan Clarkson is that he is a ball stopper, uh, ball dominant point guard. I'm not quite sure Jazz fans are going to be very excited about that because it feels like that's uh, what what was part of the problems with them, uh, the Jazz um, uh, bench right now is that there's a lot of ball stoppers on there. Um, yeah. So guys, um, uh, does this does Jordan Clarkson? Do you think he helps our bench because he plays a backup point position? I guess I mean maybe a shooting guard position, but that's not really where the Jazz needed help with. Um, well, I think he does help, and he does clear space for Royce's extension next year, because he's a one-year deal. He's expiring. Yeah, and I mean he's like he's like six five, so it's not like he's a small guard in any way. Um, I, I I do agree. I think the biggest thing is it is just a rental deal to have him till the end of the year. But I don't know. I think he's going to be good. He's scoring right now, so if he can add even part of what he's adding to Cleveland right now, it's going to be huge for the jazz with how bad our bench has been. Well, and I think that'll also give us more versatility where like if, if him or Moody isn't playing well, you, you bench one of them for the other because they both still add scoring and, and Exum while he was great defensively, didn't necessarily add scoring. Like, I mean, he did add some somewhat of a dynamic that we don't really have on the roster with his speed, but we weren't really being able to see that showcase and utilized a whole lot. And I don't know if that was part of the fact, part of the fact that the bench uh, around him didn't know how to play with him. Plus he was, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but um, you know, we only, we got to see the very limited time. Obviously it's kind of like, it looks, it's looking like a, a salary dump with two picks being sent to Cleveland with us getting back and expiring. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, this clears the way for Royce's extension. It does all that, all that stuff. So, um, I mean, we'll see how effective Clarkson can be. And then if we re-sign him at a smaller number because he's effective, great. If not, you know, we move on. All right. So just to uh, maybe sum up your thoughts and uh, maybe, maybe I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, cue to Homer playing um, uh, the pinball machine. But, um, so what you're saying is, that, you know, basically Jordan Clarkson, if he doesn't work out, he's basically just a guy that we did to get rid of an extra year of Dante Exum's salary, which, okay, that's fine. But that doesn't mean – that just means it's a move that doesn't help the Jazz this year. I, I, I'm looking at the which, bench and um, – I think I think he does help the bench, honestly. Maybe, but, like, again, like what minutes were he, was he taking? Like, it's not like, oh, well, we'll give him Exum minutes because Exum's minutes weren't – no, no, he's going to take him and Moody are going to be taking minutes from each other. And, and he's a larger guard. So, he'll, okay, wait, well, I mean, Moody plays 14 minutes. Are they going to split seven minutes each? No, 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 no. If Moody is playing like garbage, he gets replaced. That's simple as that. 
he gets out, put out of the rotation. Oh boy. I don't, I mean, that's, that's, that's a really difficult thing to like, to, to try to play because it's not like, I don't know, just it's something that you, you want to keep the same guys in regardless of but if they're hey, playing bad or also, not. okay, let's look at it this way. Okay. I, I, I see what you're coming. Devil's advocate. As soon as we get Conley back, this gives us, okay, this gives us some time to weather the Conley, Conley list storm with a guard that Quinn will actually probably be willing to play. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I just, I just don't know what he's going to play. I, I, I mean, we, we have no guard minutes. I mean, uh, we have well, tons it's really of guard interesting minutes right Cause now. I went and looked and I wanted to see what Jordan Clarkson was playing this year. He's averaging 23 minutes right now. So it's not like this is a 10 minute guard that we're bringing in. So it is going to be interesting to see what the jazz do. And especially, I think it's like, especially with Conley being out right now, it is going to fill a lot, but it is going to be really like something else to see what we do with all these minutes, because you're right. You're right. There's a lot of guard minutes that need to go somewhere. So I guess my point is like, so, you know, so after the, the heat game here, the jazz versus the heat, I mean, which a game where Jeff green played. So I'm very confused by this move. The jazz, uh, like an hour or two ago, wave, uh, Jeff green, who was averaging 14 or 15 minutes a game. Um, which, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that these, these talks started happening as soon as Saturday happened. (laughs) What was Saturday? I, I, again, I haven't been able to jazz game. Uh, what happened? Uh, the game, Quinn right? got ejected because he was pissed at the at the refs, and also because <laughs> I think he was pissed at certain players. Uh, like gotcha. he benched uh, he benched Ed, Ed Davis, Davis, right? Yeah, for Tony Bradley. So that, yeah, and the Jazz were performed better as a unit with Bradley in the lineup. I mean, he got four fouls in four minutes, but. They performed better as a unit and weathered a storm, which they were not weathering with Davis in. So I think that these trades are kind of like shot across the bow of anybody who's not performing to expectation that, hey, we're, we're not effing around. Like, Ed Davis, we will trade you if we have to this year. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I still I think Ed Davis still has value. I don't think people look at it like, he went to the Jazz and he's cratered. Oh, he's, he's cooked. No, I think he just hasn't fit well with how we're doing things. And so, it, yeah, I think this was kind of like this might have been a preliminary move. And honestly, because it happened so early, I wonder if it was. You know what I'm saying? It's they're basically saying like, you know, nobody's safe. We're we're in a two year window where we need to win, and we're going to do what we have to do. Again, we're, we're going back to uh, the Clarkson minutes, um, are are they planning on playing? Clarkson and and Moutier in the backcourt together, and then I bet they probably do. All right, so I mean, I'm trying to figure out the new rotation for the Jazz, the new, the new top nine guys. So it, since Conley's out, I think, we're not going to. I think have both those two will be in the top nine. All right, and then our power forward is probably Yang and, and still Ed Davis. So those are our nine. I mean, is that, no, no, no. I think Brantley. No, I think Brantley gets added in there. He gets sprinkled in there some more. Okay, so he's been impressed in the Jazz and yeah. Brantley, Yang, uh, Ed Davis Ed probably. Davis. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's sort of. I don't. I mean, it's something different, I guess. I mean, Brantley. And I don't know. Well, I don't know. We might be looking at some other stuff. 
because we just signed a guy who I think is going to end up soaking up some minutes too. And I can't remember. He's, no. I can't, can't remember what his yeah, I was just going to say that it's it's Ray John Tucker that was Tucker Tucker. Yeah, it was Ray John that's playing for I think the Bucks G League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was for, he was at the showcase and he was one of the guys that people said impressed everybody. So he was on a short list and he had a, some a few teams and he chose the Jazz. So so did Jeff Green. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this. <laughs> well, kind of just so like a side Green. thing. But um, Ray John and Donovan actually competed in a dunk contest back in high school in like 2015. Oh, interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I saw one uh, one GIF or GIF of uh, Tucker dunk. I showed my brother. I was like, look at this guy jump. He jumped so high. So yeah, I was like, the, yeah. dude, the dude can rip. That's that's definitely not a question. And I think what what part of what this does is it shows that we need we realize that we needed a youth and we need a guys who can run because the transition defense hasn't been there. Jeff Green has been awful in transition. Uh, you know, a lot of the bench guys have just been giving away transition buckets like they're candy. And so I think that part of this was like, yeah, we're going to get some younger guys who are hungry, want to win, want a chance to prove themselves, and we're going to let them, you know, gut it out. And if that doesn't work, we're going to make another move, you know? So I think that this is a, uh, I think this is a step in the right direction. Honestly, I think change was needed. The jazz analyzed the situation. Quinn got so frustrated with the roster of guys he is dealing with that he got ejected. I mean, that was partial. That was really a lot on the refs too, but you know, and he benched, you know, Davis. So yeah, so I think there's there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of stuff going on, but I think this is people are calling for change. I think this was a step in the right direction. Now, is it all going to work out the way we want it to? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But change was needed. Uh, I'm I'm just confused because like the more I, I think about Clarkson, I just I don't see where he fits. Like, yeah, if we talk about our defensive transitioning being our transition defense being bad, like all right, well that doesn't that's not Jordan Clarkson's calling card or anything. And uh, I know, but but I know, but I think he's actually he's worked on that too, and he's made some improvement. So I mean, okay. Dante Exum, Dante Dante Exum maybe being in there for transition defense doesn't help the offense. So we need. I mean, the, the whole point is, was to change the composition of the bench. And for whatever reason, Quinn had just decided he was out on Dante. And I guess the front office had too. So either Dante requested a trade and this is the best they found for him or yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But, but for the bench, change is good. I mean, yeah, for for the sake of um, uh, what we've been seeing from uh, the rotation and Dante, like having all these uh, DMP coaches decisions, decisions is probably something that they've been talking about for a while. That Dante was going to be out and Quinn knew it, so there were, there was no reason to play Dante uh, these past couple games or past month actually, because they knew that they were looking for a trade partner. Um, Jordan Clarkson, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he's a, a spark plug, and maybe I'm just you know it's too too soon for me to see it. I just don't see where he improves the team besides, you know, he's a ball dominant guy that scores. We, well, I we, think, we have one of those guys already. So I think, I think uh, if you can get him and UVA to play together and play off each other and, you know, realize that they can be more effective, you know, working together. I think that 
that that does improve the bench. I mean, I, I, I just don't see how that changes. Like you, you, you put the guys in there. Coach, all right. Well, oh, well, why didn't it work before? Why hasn't it worked? It has been working. Moody has been getting incrementally better. Haven't we not on this podcast talked about his improvement? Right. But there are still this like talks about like him not being uh, a great point guard. Uh, I, I think he's a great. Yeah. He's been more shooting guard esque. Yeah. Been so. More shooting guard esque, but, but he's getting better. He's like his, he, he's not stopping the offense and stagnating the offense as much, especially now you, you just admitted you haven't been watching the game, this game. You didn't watch this game. So you didn't see how Moody performed. The jazz were in a very competitive, very good game while missing Mike Conley, this was a huge step forward tonight in their play. And that plays into, Hey, look, yeah. Moody is performing better. And okay. Let's add another guy to the mix who can help the bench score because the bench is averaging under 20 points a night. Um, you know, and they might not even be averaging 15. I'm not sure what the numbers are. Cause I've been looking for those and haven't really been able to find them, but I mean, are, are you playing devil's devil's advocate or are you just, because I don't, I don't feel like you're giving me a real argument. You're just giving me like a straw man, where I have to keep coming up with reasons, and you just keep restating your point. So well, I just, <laughs> I'm just saying, um, uh, like, uh, backup four, backup five minutes were seen them more like a, a role, a, a pick and roll five. That, that's what people have been complaining about. Is that Ed Davis pick and roll has been really awful. Like he's well, not a great. He, here's my issue with that. My issue with that is we didn't really get to see enough George Nang at the four to know what he's really going to look like because he was playing out of position at the three a lot. And it was really hurting his production, him being able to guard fours. I like better. So that's going to help him stay on the floor and be more effective and him being able to play four, maybe we'll get to see a, a chance at him doing pick and roll. So I think that's a positive. And I think that, uh, Brantley has been developing as well. So, you know, him getting sprinkled in there with the athleticism, his defense, uh, reportedly has been, has been looking, you know, better than it has with, with the jazz. And so they're happy with his development. So they're, they're making moves to get better internally for the most part, which is kind of what the organization is known for. If you're expecting a wholesale trade where we're going to go out and get Kevin Love or we're going to go out and get, you know, a flashy name or something, then then you're always going to be disappointed with this fan base. And I know that's not what you're expecting, so I'm, I'm trying to understand what what your, what your argument is. I, just, I don't know if it's just a, a you know, I... I I, I think fans are really happy because it's a change for the sake of change, but I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like where everybody fits and yeah, sure. I, I mean, obviously you know that I've been Bradley was the second round pick that I thought would have the best chance to play significant minutes or at least minutes for this jazz team uh, after the draft. Cause of, you know, just his, his physical body, but I don't know, Jordan Clarkson. I don't think I, I don't, I, I'm not personally excited about it. Because I just don't think he's. I wouldn't say excited, but but uh, I wouldn't call it excitement. I would just say that change was needed. This is a change. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm like, let's give it some time to actually see something and not just like analyze. Well, well, this is like what this player is, so he can't help us. Well, let's see what he can actually do on the court. 
Just, well, and that's the thing is that like saying change is needed and this is change is not a good argument to me. Like, oh, cool, we changed something. That's not a great argument. I just want to see, you know, yeah, what the yeah. But is. what were you going to get for Dante Exum and two second round picks? Were you going to get some a game changer who was for sure going to help the team? Well, and uh, maybe not, but like it, the, one of the arguments for Jordan Clarkson is like, yeah, if it doesn't work out, it's just an expiring contract. Like, oh, okay, so. We basically just so want a salary dump. Yeah. Which, yeah. which helps next year. Yeah. But it doesn't help this year. So I'm like, all right, yeah. well, cool. Yeah. And that, well, that's, that's okay. It sounds like to me that you're complaining that, well, this didn't help this year enough. So, so tell me what you no, would have I, done instead. I'm going to say if it doesn't help, I, I, I'm fine. If, if we're okay with it, not helping this year, then cool. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it not helping this year, but I just want that to be on the table. It's like, by the way, if this oh, goes yeah, south, that's always a possibility. Like, yeah, I, I want, yeah, I want to be like, this is going to be a, uh, this is a really good chance for it to not work. Uh, I, I feel like we're not giving Keegs enough time to say his thoughts. <laughs> I know. I just, but, you know. Man, I'm just letting you guys go at it. I'm, I'm happy to just chill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't, I, I haven't been potting with you for who for uh, you. <laughs> This Borg over here, yeah, Hugh. Um, yeah, he, calls, uh, he calls me Hugh. He calls Mike Connolly Connolly. So, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been potting with him for a while, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, I know you're just kind of enjoying the show. <laughs> <laughs> but let's. We want to hear your I'll, thoughts I'll too, man. Yeah. Where, where are you at with this? So I was just gonna. My biggest thing is like when it comes to like what happened today. Um, as far as the trade goes, we traded somebody in Dante Exum that we haven't seen anything. And if the only reason he wasn't playing is because we knew we were going to trade him, that's fine. But we traded him for a guy that is an established scorer off the bench right now. So we knew that what we were trading for was 14 and a half points a game. I'm not saying that's exactly what we're going to get off of him, but we, we can look at stats and see that's what he's doing in Cleveland. And he's successful in Cleveland right now. He's shooting like somewhere around 44%, I think, from the field and like 37 from three. So he's not like an insane shooter, but the guy can score. And I think that's the biggest thing as far as what's going to help us this year. We went and got a guy that can score. So I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from today. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, jazz bench scoring has been a problem. But it felt like it was more because they weren't running a very good system. And <laughs> like it just, uh, Jeff, we talked about how Jeff Green and, and Amanda Mude were ball stoppers for a while and they just weren't um, uh, running a, you know, how did the Jazz score in previous maybe years? When this, they had- maybe this ends up just being addition by subtraction. Then. That's a. That's a way to look at it. Yeah. yeah, that's and I was I was thinking the same thing because obviously it doesn't pull away. I mean, I mean, waving Jeff Green, especially if he continued to be a ball stopper, obviously that's going to help. But like a lot of what what Jerry was saying, like Moody has gotten marginally better. Like his plus minus has gone up a ton since the beginning of the year. So as far as like Moody goes, like he has gotten better. So if we're even just going to add scoring and like sure we're going to have to figure out the guard minutes, but. There's something to help the bench. It's it's a guy that's averaging almost 15 right now. So, I, I guess um uh, my worry is that um uh, the repetition of skills that are it feels like Moutier and Jordan Clarkson uh, are repetitive of each other because they do similar things. Like Clarkson has a better outside shot, but he's also a guy that needs the ball in his hands a lot. And we've seen Moutier be a guy that needs to, you know, have the ball in his hand a lot too on the second unit. So you put both those guys in there. I, you know, just feels like, um, uh, we, you know, you're, you're, 
you're not getting but the right. You're kind using of guy. phrases like "feels like," though. I, I, give me some facts, <laughs> dude. I, I I found out about this trade thirty minutes ago. I'm not, I don't have time to go look up everything here. But I mean, am, am I? Is that not, do you guys feel that way or not? Do you do you not feel that way? Do you think that am I being too harsh on them not being um? Uh, I think it's a legit concern. I mean, if we have two guys that are going to do the exact same thing, like that's that kind of sucks. But I mean, I, I doing, totally agree with that. It's yeah, a legit no, hundred percent. But I think as far as like waiting to see what happens, it 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 is going to take like, do we have we heard at all when jo- when Jordan's even going to join the team? Like, I would assume probably by the end of the uh, week. Play next. I, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play Thursday because he has to do his physical. So I don't know how long that's going to take. But I know they. They're, they're probably finishing up the trade call. They finished up the trade call to the league office, and then you know they go through the process. And I mean, maybe he's able to play Thursday. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, because Christmas in there and everything. Because I'm pretty sure the Jazz don't just force everybody to work on Christmas if they don't need to. Because <laughs> we're a pretty family-oriented organization, uh, but we're also not like you know the old Cleveland Browns whose front office would go home at 5 p.m. like regardless, no matter what. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I mean, a physical probably. I mean, look, Marshawn Lynch took his physical today for the Seahawks and will be joining the team this weekend. So, uh, sure, physicals and stuff for NBA teams um, uh, will be. You know, they probably could do it tomorrow on Christmas Eve. So, um, but anyway. Uh, so well, what he'll, was, he'll be within the week. I mean, I, I don't expect to be. If it's not Thursday, it's probably gonna be like Saturday. So. Yeah, I would I would anticipate seeing him Saturday at the Clippers, but if not, definitely Monday. But we'll see what happens. So here's one more problem that I I kind of see right now is that what's one of the things that we uh, that we see Jazz fans complain about with Mike Conley and one of the excuses that we give uh, with Conley's production not being up to par is because we say the Jazz system is pretty complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're and we're gonna say we're gonna wait and see. We're gonna wait and see. And we waited and saw for the first twenty something odd games now, and the Jazz are haven't reached the expectations that some people thought they were going to uh, reach. Now I think they're going to simplify things off the bench. Um, and the thing is, I think they're going to let Conley run more uh, more stuff off the bench. Like I think that's where I could see like him kind of directing Clarkson or something, or him directing Clarkson Moutier, uh, or you know, so maybe. Moutier or sees a little bit more time with the starters because he was starting to get the flow the catch and the flow of how the offense was working and um and Conley seems pretty up to speed with it now like he seems like he knows like 80 to 85 percent of the playbook so he like after he came back from injury he was looking stellar and then <laughs> kind of flamed out um but I mean people complain because Conley's not scoring as much but that's not really been his role with our team like he, he with the grizzlies last year he had to be a be all do all end all after he lost gasol and everything but now he's kind of you know he's able to be more facilitator and i think that's pr- what's going to be able to happen off the bench in fact i think that might have been part of the plan all along is to for the jazz to have more i talked about this a little bit with kirk on the last pod to have a little bit more flexibility in what they run and not just run the complicated jazz system stuff. So I'm sorry. What are your thoughts on that? Hugh? who, who, <laughs> uh, I mean, where have we seen that they're going to run some more stuff? Like what have you, what have we you seen? You haven't seen them run Conley sets off the bench 
I've se- I've seen more like when Connolly was running the bench unit, he wasn't just running the motion offense. He was running stuff that he was more familiar with. Hmm. I mean, I, I I didn't I guess I didn't notice. I mean, he he literally came back for half a game. No, no, no. I'm his... talking about before when they had him oh, run the yeah. bench a little bit too. I did not notice any of that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Keegs, I'm a, uh, we've talked earlier. Uh, do you have any thoughts about what the jazz are going to do with the four now with Jeff green, them being waived? Oh, I think what Jared said earlier was interesting because I think like George's played out of like, I don't want to just repeat everything Jared said, but George's has played out of position. George's George's. I don't know. George, I don't know how to say his name, right? I think it is just George. Yeah. I think it is just George. Anyway, so George has played out of position at the three for so long. It is going to be because I don't I don't know exactly how tall it is he is, but it's going to be interesting to see him step into a four and see how that is for him. Because I honestly feel like because the dude can shoot, we know that he may be inconsistent sometimes, but it's going to be kind of like I'm interested to see what he can do at four rather than playing at the three every time off the bench. And like if we do need to make another move, maybe it happens. I kind of don't want them to just because that's going to be such a huge shuffle, but. You never know what can happen, like with switching him over. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think people have been really hard on Ed Davis, but some of it sometimes he has to he has to work with like uh, the deficiencies of other players he's been out there with, and he's being expected to do too much. And I think in some of the changeups, you know, dropping F Green, Jeff Green, so he's not seeing the four minutes with Ed Davis because I think that was hurting Davis. Honestly, he was. He's still been a good board man. People have complained about his boards, but his tap out boards are probably the most underrated aspect of his game. I'm going to keep keep hammering that point. We have nobody else who does it quite like that. He offensive rebounds better than Rudy, in my opinion, uh, a lot of times. Um, I mean, Rudy is a, a beast on the boards, but he's usually a bigger beast on the defensive boards, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like the, the Ed Davis hate has been kind of, it's been an extreme. So if he and uh, and Conley, for example, are working together more, I think that's a plus for Davis that helps him. And then not having to play next to Green is going to help him too because Green was basically just uh, – yeah, Nyang, Nyang played better defense than Jeff. Jeff is just playing Matador defense out there, like 90% of his minutes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the Uncle Jeff setting was – I touted probably maybe the second or third biggest signing for the Jazz this offseason. And, um, uh, man, I obviously did not turn yeah. out well. I mean, yeah, it, it looked good. It ended up being very disappointing. It looked good it on was, paper. Uh, yeah, but, it was yeah. a minimum contract. The guy that wanted to come to Utah and then got here and it just didn't work. I mean, after preseason, I, I was doing victory laps. And, boy, am I egg on my face now. But uh, Well, yeah, because yeah, preseason, right? <laughs> Yeah, hey, you know, it is pretty. I was, I mean, I was the same way with Jeff Green too. I thought dude was going to be a bucket coming off the bench, but he's just yeah. I think a lot of us thought the same thing anyway. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us thought the same thing. Tony even talked about him potentially starting. Um, so yeah, no, we we all expected the Jeff Green signing to go a little bit better. Um, he just didn't fit for us, which is just fine, you know. He maybe he ends up back with LeBron on the Lakers or something, which I think is a plus for us too. <laughs> because <laughs> i mean but they just need more nba guys and jeff green seems like an nba guy and he's been effective with lebron before so they're probably gonna try that again who knows yeah hey uh, i mean uh, so certain uh, certain styles uh, yeah, go with certain exactly. styles so exactly 
Uh, Keegs, I'm, uh, so, I mean, we all talked about, um, other moves. Like you said, uh, the jazz make it, make, make another move, but man, like, I think they've, are, aren't they out of poker chips? I mean, besides um, uh, a 20, like 24 first rounder feels like the jazz are pretty much done. Um, uh, making the move. I mean, we don't have very much else to trade unless they trade Jeff green. Then I don't see it or not Jeff green at <laughs> Davis at Davis. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's my only other thought. The only other piece that I would even see us touching is Ed Davis, and I don't see us moving him. Like, if it does happen, well, okay. I won't even say if it happens, because I do not think the Jazz make another move this season. But in the 1% chance that they do, it's Ed Davis. But we'd have to trade for pretty much the same position to get anything out of it. So Ed Davis' contract is just one year... Is it only one year? Interesting. I thought he could sign for a little bit longer than that. Uh, I think it's a two-year deal, isn't it? Uh, according to the sport track, I'm, uh, it's only a one-year, a $4.5 million deal. Huh. Oh, that's I'm not sure Nets. if I trust sports track because they didn't even have his deal on there like a month ago. That's true. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's actually a different deal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, see? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but somewhere in the $4 million range. Okay. It looks like a two year deal for the jazz. Yeah. Two year deal. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see it being traded. I mean, it's not a bad deal. I mean, $5 million is hard to be a bad deal. I didn't think the Exxon deal was a bad deal either, but obviously, uh, you know, the jazz front office thought differently. Yeah. I don't, I didn't think Exxon was a bad deal if we, if he was playing, that was, that was my issue is we were paying how many $9 million for, for nothing at this point. Like if he was going to play great, but I, I'm I'm okay with the the salary dump if that's what this ends up being. Uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Jared, what's the island like right now? Exum Island. Yes. Uh, well, we're really disappointed that Exum had to get traded for him to get playing time somewhere. Uh, but you know, we wish him the best. Honestly, we uh, we love that guy. We stand forever. That's why we're Exum Islanders. Uh, you know, we're not like Waiters Island where everybody's kind of like, oh, crap, look what's happening. It's, uh, things are burning down. He might not have a career anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> Dante's still going to be on an NBA roster, and I think he's still he's going to get playing time in Cleveland. And, you know, they need, a def- they need more defensive pieces. So maybe uh, – and he's a guy who moves the ball and more than – a little bit more than Clarkson. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe that works out for them and for him, hopefully, you know, and, uh, Rudy's reaction to me was really like the same thing as my reaction. Like he was bummed and you could tell he'd be like, man, it's been, you know, Dante's my guy. You know, we've been together six years and I'm really going to miss him. And, you know, and, and it was very sincere and you knew he was like, he meant it and you know, he's going to miss him. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, I think, for the most part. All right, Keegs, as someone who's have, uh, only um, uh, visited the island once in a while, uh, what do you think of um, uh, Exum's career goes from here? I mean, I'm the same way as Jared. I hope the dude balls out. Like, I, I'm excited to see what he can do in Cleveland with more playing time. Um, like, I saw a lot of people talking about the Exum exp- experiment in Utah, and, like, as sucky as it is for it to end, I hope the guy has an incredible career. Like like I said early on in the podcast, Dante is a very, very good dude from all the interviews, from everything that I saw. I, I hope he has an awesome career. Like I'm I'm I am sad to see him leave. I 
am okay with it. I'm not as like depressed as, you know, the X and Islanders may be, but I think it's a good move, but I hope Dante has success as, as far as his career goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're all idiots for not, um, uh, checking out the Cleveland roster before this and figuring out what guys we could trade from Cleveland. Cause apparently that's going to be a yearly thing. The Cavs jazz trade. So I'm we'll gonna draft, draft picks from Denver and trades from Cleveland. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what the jazz do. So, uh, all right, well that's our instant reaction pod to, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Now a jazz man. Um, I'm hoping that, yeah, like we see some increased scoring off the bench. Cause that's uh, definitely what, uh, the jazz are missing. Um, hopefully, cause I, I've said it all year long that I think the jazz, uh, starters have been playing way too many minutes and this last month they've been playing even more. Uh, so thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the off Broadway theater in downtown Salt Lake and the great room escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. Okay, guys, so... And all the craziness of the the trades and the wavings and the, the roster overhaul for the Jazz tonight. There was a Jazz game um, uh, uh, on this uh, Happy Christmas Eve Eve. Um, the Jazz played Christmas the Heat. Adam, bro. Christmas yeah. Adam. <laughs> so the um, uh, the Jazz played the Heat, um, uh, and unfortunately the Jazz came up a little short, but the Heat did not cover. The the Heat beat the Jazz by three. Um, and yeah, from, I, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of the game It's halftime right now. I've seen a couple Jeff green steals. I saw, uh, Emmanuel Mudiay, I'm going to turn around jumper for a buzzer beater. Joe Ingles just hitting threes and looking confident. So oh, Joe Ingles had 16 in the first half. He's, yeah. he's lit dynamite. So um, I'm going to let him, uh, so I'm going to let our guest introduce himself. I'm, uh, uh, go ahead, Ben, just some, uh, give us your Twitter handle and, um, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, guys. So my name is Andres. The uh, is Andres with five S's and an R. Um, I am a Heat fan. I'm a Miami sports guy, and yeah, that's who I am. Oh, yes, I mean pretty simple to the point. I like it. I mean, I was my friend on Tinder if I were you. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, the Jazz played the Heat. We've uh, we've had a couple Heat fans on the uh, pod before. Uh, first off, let me just say the Heat. Yeah, I oh Nick Nick and all. Nick and dress, they they go way back. Oh, they cool, know each cool. other very well. Swish the great. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Keegs change his uh, handle though. So uh, like, so. Uh, as I said, I'm, uh, I'm I'm still watching the game. It's, it's on right now. It's at halftime. Uh, Keegs said he caught part of it. Um, uh, Jared watched it. Um, but I, I will say that the Heat are one of these fun teams to watch this season because number one, they they didn't do a duo. Jimmy Butler chose the Heat in the offseason, which was a big, big get for the Heat, obviously. Um, not, not that the Heat have an awful time getting uh, free agents, but the Heat haven't had great free agencies in the last two or three years. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, after the 2016-2017 the season, um, the front office wanted to renew some contracts. They thought we did a lot of things good. Um, funny thing is when we were 10 and 31, 
Um, Pat Riley was called for a meeting with Spo, but then we beat the Rockets, and then we went on like the 13-0 streak, and um, we just ended up not doing the meeting again, and we ended up going 41 and 41, and then we missed the uh, the playoffs, and then everything shifted that off season, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I know that Gordon Hayward had flirted with the Heat um, uh, during um, uh, his offseason visit, uh, but it felt like the Heat were just kind of there, like, ah, yeah, he'll give it a cursory. No, and, uh, no, that wasn't how it was, honestly. Really? Yeah, no, I his wife. That, I just think that, yeah, right. his wife loved Miami, but he just wanted to play with his old coach, which is reasonable. No, but honest, no, he also talked to Bartlestein. Like, this is a story that I heard from. They were a very reliable source. He talked to Bartlestein. He's like, no, no, you want to meet with uh, Boston, too. He wanted to sign with Miami. And he, if he hadn't have met with uh, Brad, Boston. he probably signs with Miami, which yeah, was I think is a blessing in disguise for you guys. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to know, like, what would have happened, because you don't know if he plays opening night. We don't know if he gets injured. So, like, in a hypothetical, anything could happen. So it all comes down to... Yeah, but I think been. you guys getting Jimmy versus... Having Hayward instead, uh, I think having Jimmy's better. Well, yeah, comparing apples to oranges, I mean, Hayward's like two, three years younger. Jimmy's just like a better leader. He's more vocal, and he gets along with the young guys well. So it's nice to see that. But he made a losing move this offseason, by the way. He went to Miami to lose, according to the sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, which I definitely don't think was a losing move. I think he liked the culture. He liked the atmosphere. He liked the team. And that was a great, I mean, you guys drafted really well. We got to see some hero ball tonight. <laughs> yeah. Pun definitely intended. He's, he's, he's uh, special, man. They got, oh, they got this really there. crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got this really crazy undrafted kid that you got. You were telling me is shooting 46% from three. What's that kid's name again? Kendrick Nunn. No, no, Robinson. no, no, don't. Duncan don't Robinson. Talk about, no. Duncan Robinson, Robinson is actually really, really good. He's taking 7.6 threes a game, and he's shooting like 46% in them. He's had yeah, like he, multiple games with like five-plus three-pointers. He had a game with 10 three-pointers. He had a game with nine three-pointers. He just like – he's confident, you know. A lot yeah. of people like to compare him to like Wayne Ellington, but like his footwork is solid. Like he doesn't take like shots just to take them. Like he has high IQ on a lot of these shots. So uh, honestly, it's actually nice I, to see. I slandered him, and the minute I slandered him, he came and killed us. So that was yeah. He hit it. He hit it. <laughs> like, like, like legitimately seconds after I said something. <laughs> I think he hit the three to put us up seven, or yeah, yeah. I believe yeah, late late in the fourth. Um, Keegs, um, uh, you and Jared were talking about this a little earlier um, in our break, but um, because uh, like, I'm watching Jeff Green play in this game. I guess the heat just to be waived like uh, like an hour or two after um, you and Jared have some thoughts about like, I'm um, uh, like, was, was Jeff green just done? Like, uh, was this the straw comes back Was it Saturday or has it been a long time coming? You think? Well, in, in part of what me and Jerry talked about is we don't want to read into it too much. And Jared can kind of go into this better than I can, but it was like there, somebody posted an interview with Jeff green before the game that the guy just looked dejected and tired and just completely didn't want to be there just for my interpretation. Cause I would never talk crap on Jeff green. Cause I actually love the guy as a player, but from whatever it was before the game today, he just, he looked tired and kind of just looked done. I don't know if that was anything to do with the fact that he might've known he was getting away or anything like that, but he, he just looked off before the game. That's all I could tell. 
Yeah, and Andres knows because uh, Andres has followed LeBron's career pretty closely, closely, and so he knows how Green functioned with LeBron and whatnot. And I, I think the Jazz system might just not have been a fit for him. From what you saw with Jeff today in the game, Andres, what what do you, do you have any thoughts about? I mean, he looked like engaged early on, but like after that, I just feel like he slowed down. You know, I See, just feel like he was just he was just like, he was just on the court to be on the court, like just to be like another player of the five on the floor. See, and that but, seems like that's what always happens with him. And so, like, I don't think the Jazz could put up with it anymore. That's a, I was like going to say that's a that's a normal Jeff Green game. That might not be anything with him being waived or anything, because if you know you're going to get waived, you're probably not going to play that player. Number one, if the coach knew that. Jeff Green was going to get waived that night. They're not. They're not going to play him. You know, it's like probably not. It's like when when, when uh, yeah. Darren Williams got traded, right? Uh, you know, they had that big blow up against uh, Chicago, and Jerry Sloan walked into you know Larry's office and said, "Yo, I'm out. I'm done." Or I'm out, you know. But I think it's pretty obvious that Zanuck was was already taking calls and meeting with people, and then so Jeff. Green just became the casualty because obviously something like that, a deal like that doesn't happen just in like five minutes. Like something was already happening. <sighs> yeah. Like the same just, thing that happened with Harrison Barnes last year that he got traded mid game. Yeah. That was, was insanity. Like, well, that oh, was just looking insane. I couldn't believe that last year. Oh man. That was nuts. He was just nuts. looking at everyone like, really, man, you can't wait till after the game or something. It just yeah. happened mid game. I, I find it crazy how like some of these players. I don't know if it's true, but like some of these players speaking out how like um they get they find out through Woj if they get tra- they if they get traded or not first. Like, that's yeah, just pretty pr- crazy and disrespectful. That's yeah, how, I'm pretty sure the Jazz wouldn't want that to happen that way because Dennis Lindsay really cares about like the perception of front office and stuff, and like so he was pissed with Cleveland back when uh uh because Cleveland ended up blowing up that deal. With, that was going to be the three-team deal between the Jazz and the Kings and whatnot. They were almost blew that up because Dennis was so pissed at what they're like. Oh well, you're going to have to take this player from Sacramento. No way. <laughs> I didn't agree to that. That is not what I do. So I mean, yeah. I, on, the, on the other hand, though, um, uh, I've heard the story that Darren Williams didn't find out um, uh, he got traded until he saw it on Sports. Oh, well, Center. that's because you get you had Kevin. Kevin O'Connor ran. Yeah, or, it's true. Kevin um, O'Connor, uh, yeah, was not known for treating players very so, well. <laughs> yeah, Keegs, we talked about this in the break too. Um, uh, that this was a loss. It was a fun loss for the Jazz. Um, this is a, a scheduled loss, as uh, you you kind of said, like, oh yeah, this is a loss that we're probably going to have. So it's not at all a bad loss, really. Um, it's a loss that probably everybody came into the game thinking it's a game that Saturday the the Quinn Snyder played the jazz starters almost 40 minutes because he figured that game against, I, I don't know if he did or not, but the theory is that, Hey, the jazz needed to win that game against Charlotte because the game against Miami is probably a loss. It's better to the, you know, exert your guys in the game that you need to win versus the game that you're probably going to lose. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was, you know, a theory that's out there. Um, well, Donovan, ahead, Donovan had 39 minutes tonight. Yeah. You could tell he was gassed at the end. Like it's yeah, funny you guys say that defend. because I saw this game as like like a win on the schedule, but it was like a trap game because like the the Jazz like they're suffocating just because of like Rudy Gobert. Like um, I think he's like uh, he, he he it depends on the day, but he's like fifty fifty. But like tonight, I think it was a trap game, and I'm just like 
it's one of those games where you're like, can you please just get over with? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this game. I don't want to suffer. Like, I'm done. Like, can we please just go on to the next game? So, well, like tonight you, was one of those games. Your guys' defense was also very suffocating. And mad, mad respect to the Heat, man. They played, they played lights out in the fourth quarter, and really the defense got those transition buckets, and the Jazz just weren't getting back for, for defense, and that's. That's where you guys won the game, and that was it. Was just yeah. awesome effort, and you guys did. Hats off to you guys, man. I don't know if you saw Donovan Mitchell's um, post game comments. Uh, I didn't actually. Yeah, he was talking about Hero. He was talking about how how he got beat by him, and he was just bad on three straight possessions against them. And yeah. it's just crazy getting that respect like early on from um, players like that. But no, Donovan Mitchell, think, he's been. I think the kid deserves it, man. I think he deserves it. Um, yeah, I was just going to yeah. – it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm just right as you said that I was reading a Tony Jones tweet about that, that he was talking to a member of the Jazz about, like, the moves and, like, who was playing at the time and talked about Donovan allowing heroes three straight shots. Yeah. And Those said, buckets were said, crazy. Yeah, it said something about how it, they, they don't think that don't. happens and if Donovan plays 32 instead of the 39 plays that he played tonight. But Oh, man, he was so gassed. Yeah, he you was. He was. He, he was not shooting well. He was not nothing. He just looked like totally drained. And that's because no other shooting guards are giving quality minutes for him. And he's had to play almost 40 minutes in that game. Yeah, but he's averaging like 25 a game this year, no? He's been yeah. more, he's been more, um, what's oh, yeah. efficient. He's been, he's been more efficient. Shots. Oh, yeah. He's been yeah, more yeah. efficient. But that's yeah. mostly when he was with Mike Conley. I mean, without Conley, he's not taken as good of shots and, you yeah. saw that. You saw the air ball three. That kid yes, had no yeah. legs. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, even without Conley, the, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, those uh, games against uh, the Eastern Conference where he needed to go just nuclear in the fourth quarter, and he did. And that's that's Donovan, you know, <laughs> a fourth yeah. quarter nu- <laughs> nuke basically. So, uh, so Keegs, uh, after this game, I mean, the Jazz, you know, were winners of five in a row against some some subpar teams. Uh, a close game that they they might have had. Again, we talked about how the Jazz overexerted themselves in the Charlotte game, thinking that this was going to be a, a, a loss. And maybe if they were able to play less in the Charlotte game, they might have more legs in this game. But you know, it is what it is. Um, how do you feel about the Jazz now? Because like early, I, I don't know if you're one of the overreactionary people or not. But you know, obviously the Jazz are not second best team in the West. They're not the third best team in the West, but they're there. But there are a lot of people who think that the Jazz should be better. Um, does this stretch of games make you feel better about the Jazz after the news today? Or well, how do you feel? What are you feeling about the Jazz? Well, I, I like to consider myself not one of the overreaction people. And if I do overreact, I just don't tweet about it. So you guys would never see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as far as tonight goes, it's like I was saying this during the break when we were talking, but I don't have a single problem with the loss tonight. Like, of course I want to win, but the Heat are a bunch of studs and they just played better in the fourth quarter. And we had a gas Donovan Mitchell that I'm of course would never blame the loss on him, but three straight shots from here, is going to kill us. And I don't know, as far as things go, I don't have a single problem with the loss. Of course I want to win, but Joe, they both played hard and they fought hard. Oh yeah. 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 And, and Joe Ingles starting like that's the first loss we've had since Joe Ingles came back into the starting lineup. Like I love where the jazz are at. Like, I think we've definitely improved and yeah, they were subpar teams that we beat the last five games, but 
they've got a good Portland team to go at Thursday. So I think and, that'll be more telling. Yeah, than to play this well, tonight. to play this well in a loss against a quality Heat team, like is not something we've been seeing for most of this year. Like, this is probably the best game the Jazz have had since like the bus the Bucks game in terms of like how they face a quality opponent. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree. Andres, as a as a Jazz fan, I think the Heat are obviously a surprise of the East. It's kind of nice to see um, a team built the way that the the Heat are built. You know, get, getting a guy in free agency with their own draft picks, obviously, and then um, uh, still still being as competitive as they are. Like they they didn't have to do a a hard tank to get to where they are, which is nice. No, and no, then, no. Um, uh, yeah. So, but as a Heat fan, how do you feel? What do you feel about this Jazz team? Where Where do you think their ceiling is this year? Where do you think the Jazz is um, a legitimate shot at the championship is this year, or, or playoff shots, or like, what do you think they're going to end up? It, it's funny because I was going to ask you guys, um, how did the Jazz beat the Bucks? Like, what went right for them that game? Because I couldn't catch that game. Um, Bogdanovich three pointer. That's basically yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Bogdanovich was amazing that game. Like, he was just all around stellar. And Donovan was really good. And then I think we had a um I don't think Connolly was was really bad in that game. He was he was like people that was one of Connolly's like first. He had a, oh yeah. Connolly had a huge first half. Yeah. He was, uh he had a twenty points in the first half. Uh and Bogdanovich um, in the fourth quarter really took over, hit some big threes and big yeah. shots. Uh Gian, Giannis was Held to check in the first uh, in the first half. Uh, oh not, yeah, and then not, he went not, and then he went ham in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah not like, so we held yeah. him to like was it under ten in it the was first like, half? Under it might have been under ten. Half? He scored like thirty in the second half. Yeah, and then he ended up with forty, fifty something by the end of the game. Yeah. Like with, with Giannis, you basically have to build that wall. Uh, if you have someone who like like Rudy Gobert, that really helps. But not every team does, obviously. And, and yeah, you, you got a ton you, of free throws too. <laughs> you make you make Giannis some uh, shoot threes and shoot jump shots. And uh, oh, we you played just have to, really well in that loss to the Bucks too. I forgot about that game. Yeah, you just have to uh, hope that he doesn't hit the shots because sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah you know, because the Lakers, yeah, he hit those shots. Blocks, we would have won with Rudy. Wasn't that wasn't that a game with Rudy out? No, I, well, I was talking about the game that you guys did win against the Bucks. No, no, yeah, we, we, no that for all this all this stuff we most of it that we talked about was about the win. Yeah, that was the yeah. win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think. How do you guys feel about Royce O'Neal? Oh, we love him, man. He that's Kids part of the stupid. reason Exum got a, ex, got traded so that he's gonna make get his extension. <laughs> He's getting Dante, paid next year. Dante yeah. Exum, man, what a guy! Oh man, I hope he has a really. Uh, honestly, I hope things break out for him in Cleveland, because, like he he's a great kid and he's been nothing but, you know, humble and he's had to work through all these injury setbacks and whatnot. And he's just taking it like a pro, you know. Good for him. I hope that yeah, there, uh, he gets. There are a few guys in the league that deserve success more than Dante with all the crap he's gone through. I, I hope the kid works hard and absolutely kills it. Yeah. Cause on, and honestly, I think he has a real shot to do, to showcase cause that Cleveland talent is bereft of any players. That... Oh, agreed. Yeah. Cleveland. I don't even know what they have going on, honestly, cause they have a lot of guards. They have Mr. Jetty Osman. They have Kevin Love. Who they want to trade. TT, want to trade. Cleveland's in like a two to three year rebuild mode right now. Yeah. They're just trying to they, get as many assets as they can, which is probably the second round picks is 
they want to get as many, you know, just assets as they can. They signed, they signed a contract with the devil for that championship, and now the basketball gods are just taking care of them. So kind of what happened well, to us, to be honest. We I had mean, the blood, blood clots with Bosch, Whiteside getting injured in the playoffs. It's so many things. It's crazy. So. I mean, if, if you get a championship, that just, I mean, one championship really helps a lot, but... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to build dynasties nowadays. So, um, uh, I mean, look at the Warriors. They only have two championships for all, all, all the stuff they did. You know what I'm saying? So, right. it's hard nowadays. But uh, yeah, so uh, the Heat look like they're going to be a, a championship contender. The Jazz. I mean, I, I've said all along. I think they might be another second round team, and I think that might be okay for the Jazz. But uh, the Jazz fans obviously want more than that, and they're hoping that this is a move that helps them in that in that respect i guess yeah i mean i think you guys are going to be like a solid like fifth seed it 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 just depends on like the the waves of the season because sometimes you sometimes you win six straight then you hit um like a wall then you guys win five more so like i just think it comes like in waves like the season comes like in waves like the lakers are going through a wave right now with all these injuries and like losing to the bucks and stuff so Oh, that's one thing I said about the Lakers is that their depth is pretty bad. Like, and Anthony Davis is not known to be the most healthy guy. LeBron James is, you know, on a mid thirties athlete and injuries are going to happen. And so, yeah, I, I, I think the Lakers are, are starting to feel that, uh, the heat obviously can't afford to lose Jimmy Butler, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. And, uh, hopefully the jazz can make a, a run that will, make jazz fans happy. Uh, I, again, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, with this new, uh, with the new bench, uh, rotation that we're assuming we're going to see soon, but, um, another good game. We still have another game against Miami coming up. Are you going to fly out to watch Miami, Utah? I wish I would do anything. I wish I could go back to Miami, miss it. <laughs> um, uh, well, he, he meant fly to Utah. He, that, that's this where he says hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I played hey. the fifth. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, fair, I, I don't even want to fly to Utah. And I, uh, so that's, that's true. Um, uh, Andres, is, is there anybody on the Utah Jazz? You know, besides Donovan, besides Rudy, that um, uh, impresses you? That you that you're surprised that you, you mentioned Royce O'Neal. What do you mention? What do you feel about Royce O'Neal? I, I just think, like, he's, like, a solid player. I mean, we were leaving him open a lot, but regardless, you got to hit those shots, you know? He, he usually that, does. Um, he's been hitting a really good clip this year. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Paul George guy, so I always um, – the the memes of Joe Ingles, like, they live on forever, and it's just crazy. And, like, tonight I'm just getting, like, PTSD, and I'm like, man, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you get crazy. for standing in playoff P, man. Joe Ingles, <laughs> he'll do that to you. Uh, and I'm going to flip the first question to you guys, uh, Keegs and uh, Jared. Are there Miami Heat guys that, like, you're just like, oh, wow, like, you know, those are guys that you'd love to see in jazz uniforms or just oh, guys man. that – I love Jimmy Buckets. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Besides the and hero, man, hero would be perfect for us. He's perfect. Right. Actually, I got, I know let's expand on that. Jimmy, Cause like, I bet there are a lot of jazz fans who wouldn't like Jimmy buckets on the jazz, um, depending uh, on like, in, in a vacuum. Like if that was yeah, the first I know. starting over. Um, cause I, I mean, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler is a great player, obviously. Um, but, but he, culture and jazz attitude. culture is so similar. <laughs> they really are. No. Like in terms of, I mean, 
in terms of like playing style and the coaches and man, it's like, we've got a lot in common that like in terms of organizations, but Miami also uh, has the fact that they're a destination franchise. <laughs> and we're yeah. Gonna we're going to try to offer uh, Mr. Antoine Kumpo, the super max. I'm looking forward to that. Well, you can't offer the super max. You can offer your max, but <laughs> 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 oh, for him, the super duper duper max. You offer him a piece of the by... franchise just like Kawhi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah build, him, build him a statue. Oh, build you missed the Uncle crazy. Dennis thing, man. You missed, who, you missed that Uncle Dennis story. Oh, my goodness. Keegs, uh, is there anybody on the heat that like you just that impresses you that you can talk about here? I mean, obviously Jimmy Buckets is insane, but I've I've been a Goran Dragic fan for a while. Like I like how the dude plays. Um, he didn't play well him, tonight. Yeah, I like I like Myers Leonard a lot too. Like dudes, mm, dudes would not want him on the Jazz. That. No, I wouldn't want him on the Jazz, honestly. But I recognize dudes got game. But yeah, anybody on the Jazz that I'd want, it'd be it'd be Jimmy Butler, a hero. Yeah, Honestly, Kendrick Nunn would be nice, too. Be yeah. really good scoring yeah. off the bench. He's, well, he's, he's, he's off and on. He, yeah, he's very good against bad teams. He's mediocre against bad Yeah, teams. the other day against the, the 76ers, he was good. So he, team, he tends to pop off against bad teams. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah, 76ers are t- is turning in into a show, bad team. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we love that in Utah. We love that. <laughs> What do you guys think, uh, uh, Keegs and uh, and Jared? What do you guys think of, uh, is in store for the Heat this year? Uh, I think they can go to the conference finals, and I mean, if they can get one more player, like on the buyout market, to really help bolster their uh, their team a little bit, they could challenge the Bucks. Man, they really, I think they're underrated, severely underrated. We already beat the Bucks this year without Jimmy Butler. That's yeah, crazy. which yeah, which is insane. It's insane with how well they're playing. Like, and well, Dallas beat them too, and I was surprised by that. Dallas seems like a legit team, and I'm like, no, I hate Porzingis. I don't want them to be good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone likes them. <laughs> yeah, except for Dallas fans and then Mark Cuban. Very true. I actually, I actually ran into one the other day. That's oh man, crazy. those guys are weirdos. <laughs> did um, uh, did Bam Abadeo play today? Oh, Bam played, and he uh, he played well. I wouldn't well. say I wouldn't say uh, he, he didn't play, play great. his best game, but no, he, he had he had Rudy Gobert in front of him, so it's not like another. Um, like, good, I'm not gonna uh, fault him for a bad game. He did everything else well. He had five. Another six, good so Miami well. Heat um, uh, draft pick. So yeah, if you if you want to get good, you have to just be you have to hit on your draft picks. That's basically how um, uh, these teams have to get good because you can't always get a Jimmy Butler in, in free agency. But once you do, and then your bat your bams hit your uh, you know. You know what Miami it. really needs is a shooting five, and then they'd be insanely good. Myers Leonard. No, you know who would be, they need you know a, who would be a shooting good, five who can actually who can actually defend. The perfect the perfect fit would be Mr. Chris Bosh. Oh, dude, oh. he really would be. Oh, if would only be if only he didn't have that blood clotting issue, man. He would literally be the perfect one for us right now. Yeah. You yeah, none. You got Duncan a, Robinson, Jimmy Bam, and Bosch. That would have been amazing. That, that team would be insane. Oh, folks, I'm the Jazz. I'm uh, make some big trades. The Jazz uh, make Go a big, big waves. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the Jazz. I'm uh, 
the Jazz uh, fall to the Heat uh, by three points after a, a very good third quarter where they got the lead back. Just ran out of gas, and that happens. Um, hopefully, with the change, I mean, may, you know, maybe maybe it helps. If the Jazz can get the starters down to closer to 30 minutes per game as opposed to 40, that will help you know very well in the long run. <laughs> it's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, I hope everybody has a good Christmas. I hope this is the Christmas present that oh. jazz fans um, uh, were uh, kind of looking for. Um, Jared, um, uh, you have anything to, to finish off here? Well, uh, I was going to make sure to have Andre shout out his, uh, he has great stats account. He runs. Okay. That, that uh, I want to make sure he shouts that out. Okay. We'll do We'll give him, we'll give him the hammer. Jared, where, where can, um, uh, where can the, the people find you? Uh, go the distance 49. And you can also find, our Instagram nice. jazz high notes got a recent post up there. Um, we're going to try to see if we can get a group of people to, you know, all kick it with us at, uh, jazz pacers, uh, January 20th, January 20th. Yep. It's one of the bobblehead games. Uh, so you can choose that package or not. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, oh, and I'll let you cover all the, uh, you know, the great escape, all that jazz. <laughs> Yeah, I have a commercial for that. Day. I'll let that run. <laughs> uh, Keegs, I'm, uh, we, we are now following each other on Twitter. Where can the listeners follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at KWJazzman. Um, everybody knows me on Twitter as Keegs at this point, which ironically I hated until about two years ago. Uh, <laughs> my name's Keegan, but, you know, Keegs is chill. But, yeah, at KWJazzman on all social media. I'm on Instagram too, but I don't really use that, so – you don't follow me, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter all the time, so definitely hit me up and follow me. All right, and I'm, uh, ladies of the podcast, uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a Keegs dating episode, possibly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I am I am so excited for that episode. Now that we've officially <sighs> that I'm not engaged to Jared's sister. As oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Like we, we need to have it. Anne is definitely going to be on that episode. That yeah. was the funniest thing. She's <laughs> not. Oh, my God. Yes, she is. Yes. Anne is the funniest thing. Hey, Andres, just because you're not up to speed, Anne to the max is what she goes by, created this thing. Oh, no, no. Wait, no, no. Save, save it. Save it for the save for the, save for the the dating pod. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if Andres is going to listen to that. <laughs> well, you have to listen to it now. It's incentive for him to listen. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andres. Uh, uh, so you, you run a great stats account. Let's hear about it. Um, so basically, um, Jared has been following me for a while. So he knows I stand like Paul George and Damian Lillard and LeBron and, um, players like that. So one of my friends, um, I used to like tweet, like, like, for example, like, let's say Donovan Mitchell has a 25 point game. I would say eighth 25 point game for Mitchell in the season. Um, sixth game with like five plus three pointers made. So one of my friends texted me one day, he's like, instead of doing it on your account, why don't you start an account? And I was like, um, I don't have a big audience, so I don't know how that would go. So I decided to do it one day. And in about four weeks, five weeks, it has over 750 followers. And um, people tend to love it. So hopefully next year it could take off. And I don't know, maybe you'll see a tweet of mine's on ESPN one day. All right. I'll have Jared um, uh, tweet oh, that he's out. Already, and we'll, and he's we'll already do been that. on ESPN, though. Like, he's legit. Oh, yeah. I got, again, again, sorry. Yeah, I got featured on NBA on TNT. With one of um, Damian Lillard tweets, it's pretty fire. Yeah, doing it big, man. Doing it big. All right. Well, yeah. um, uh, again, we'll.
follow Jared, follow Keith, follow me uh, at Jazz High Notes on Twitter. Uh, Jared runs Instagram. I run Twitter. Andres with five S's. five S's and an R. Yep, and then at at Daily NBA Stats. Daily NBA stats. That's great. That's a good name too. Okay. Well, um, uh, we'll let you uh, folks go. Thanks for joining us. And on, on a very long instance reaction pod, we had a lot of reactions to this. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is now a jazz man. And, uh, uh, and Jeff Green is no longer a jazz man. That's uh, that's basically all it is. So. I feel like we got some real good insight on, you know, the heat as a whole and, you know, how the jazz performed. I feel like it's always cool when you can see like the opposing, sides mm-hmm. thoughts of how things worked out and you know respect you know yeah. to our our heat uh our heat homie for giving the jazz props for their due <laughs> well you're, you're saying i feel like a lot so um <laughs> all right well folks uh, but thanks Stop for having a great and happy <laughs> you, you missed the you missed the inside joke because earlier i was like him and I were going at it a little bit in the reaction part. Grab a, uh, uh, have a good holiday. <laughs> Hope you guys get good Christmas presents. Uh, Merry we'll Christmas. See you at the new year. We'll we'll tweet out some of our favorite episodes to end the year, and we'll see you guys next year.